Hello, and welcome to another episode of AdventuresIn.net. I'm Shai Claybo, your host, and with me today is just myself today. So sorry you got to put up with me and our guest. Let's bring in our guest real quick. Edson, how do you say your last name, Edson? It's Moisinho. Moisinho. Okay. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Hey, folks, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs. And lately, I've been working on actually building out Top End Devs. If you're interested, you can go to topendevs.com slash podcast, and you can actually hear a little bit more about my story, about why I'm doing what I'm doing with Top End Devs, why I changed it from uh, devchat.tv to Top End Devs. But what I really want to get into is that I have decided that I'm going to build the platform that I always wished I had with devchat.tv. And I renamed it to Top End Devs because I want to give you the resources that are going to help you to build the career that you want, right? So whether you want to be an influencer in tech, whether you want to go and just max out your salary and then go live a lifestyle with your family, your friends, or just traveling the world or whatever, I, I want to give you the resources that are going to help you do that. We're going to have career and leadership resources in there, and we're going to be giving you content on a regular basis to help you level up and max out your career. So go check it out at topendevs.com. If you sign up before my birthday, that's December 14th. If you sign up before my birthday, you can get 50% off the lifetime of your subscription. Once again, that's topendevs.com. Yeah. So uh, why don't we get started by just kind of giving a little introduction of yourself, you know, who you are, kind of what you do and and how you got into development in .NET. Yeah. So I'm Brazilian. So first of all, and I'm living in Portugal now. And I start with with uh, .NET development about oh it was in 2005. It was I think a long time ago. I'm getting old. <laughs> and I think in 2008 I start working with C Sharp and Asknet. I was C Sharp 2.0 if I'm not mistaken. Oh, .NET 2.0. And since then I I start working for many companies in I still in Brazil. Uh, most in the financial area, just for many, many years with many projects and, uh, and the, using the, the .NET ecosystem like C Sharp and, uh, SNET, SQL Server, Silverlight and WPF and a lot of some others, other stuff until 2016 that I changed completely the stack. I went to Node.js, Angular and both based on JavaScript. Mm-hmm. And, to, and in 2019, I moved to Portugal and as a .NET developer. And since then, I started working with Flutter and mobile development. I'm currently working on the Critical Software. is a company from the BMW Group. And basically, that's it. Okay. So most of the stuff that you're working on now is, is mobile stuff, but still using .NET? Yeah, mobile stuff on the, on the front and .NET in the, in the back end based on microservices. Okay. All over the world. They are developed, they are deployed in, in all over the world in multiple instances in Azure and uh, AWS. Okay, cool. I think our main topic today is going to be talking about uh, diagrams and class diagrams. You know, we really haven't discussed this much on the mm-hmm. podcast before. So I think this will be a new topic for, for our listeners, which is good. So class diagrams, you know, I don't know if many people really bother with them. They just kind of want to dig in and, and start making code, right? So why should most I do of the, Most <laughs> of the people do that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, class diagrams, you just, do you use some other tool? Do you use the, the, the tools within Visual Studio? What's the best way to do it? Yeah, I remember a long time ago when I was still working with Visual Studio, major the ultimate version, the, the version that has many, uh, that have many many features. Right? 
more, more complete editions. They, they have the C-sharp class diagram that is a, a very nice tool that we can select some classes and drag and drop to a, to a place and it will generate the, the diagrams automatically and you can change the class or the diagram and it will reflect all the changes. But since, just re- since I started using .NET Core, I realized that they don't have the support yet. And so it becomes very hard to, to create class diagrams. And when you have a big system and many people working together, and many developers uh, leaving the, the 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 team, and many others uh, need a very big onboarding. And there's this big need of have some documentation and easy to 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 understand. And I have this need, and then I I start looking on the internet to see if I have any alternative. And then I realize that there's a specific, there's a language called Plant UMS. That is very famous, but I haven't, I didn't have contact with it until then, until then. And then I realized that it's a very nice uh, platform. It's, a, it's an open source tool that you can start writing and playing text and you follow the, this, the, the language and the, the rules and you can create many different diagrams. Uh, but it's still very hard and most of the people don't, don't know the language. So I just give up and start. I'm, change my mind and start doing other stuff and give up of the idea. And I remember a couple of months ago or weeks ago, a colleague of mine, a Java developer that I have in the one of the WhatsApp groups that have many developers changing uh, information, he asked again about the possibility of creating diagrams in C-sharp. And I looked at in the, on the internet more with more focus, and then I realized that they have a tool that can read C sharp code and generate the plant UML files. And then it's uh, much better than you create yourself. And then I realized that, uh, this guy, the name of the guy is Hirotada Kobayashi. I think apparently it's Japanese and there's an open project and GitHub. And then I start digging into and I realized that it's, it's quite easy to use. And then uh, I wrote an article in Medium explaining how to do it. And it got many views, so I'm very happy because of that. And I think one of you guys read my my article and invited me. Thank you for inviting me for read my article. So basically, to generate the diagrams, you need to run this tool, and then after running this tool, you have some Visual Studio Code extensions, and you can convert the C sharp code and plant UML, and then you can convert the plant UML files and PNG images. And it's very easy, very, very fast and very, and very nice to use. And then so basically that. Yeah. Let's start with kind of the basics. You know, what are the pieces of a, of a class di- diagram? And what's the benefit to building these things and, and having them available for you and, and using those in your, in your day-to-day you know, development yeah. life? It has many advantages to have it, but it's not generate just for generate. One good example is for refactorings. So uh, there's many, uh, many times that you, your project start to grow and you want to realize what is the biggest problems in your, in your code and what's the best, what is the best place to start fixing and refactoring. And the best way to understand exactly how big your classes and how complex your classes is generating diagrams that are connected. And then you can see all the connections between the classes 
and which classes are the most used and which base class are being more used and which classes are similar. And to explain this for developers, for your team, is quite easy. It's, it's, way, it's way better than just write, uh, looking at code. So sometimes messy code is just a bunch of lines. And with a visual tool like this, you can start uh, giving other idea to the developers on how to plan changes, refactors, and improve code quality. There's one of the uses that that, 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 I, that I have in my team and my, my process in the process that I use to work. Other application is to, when constructing documentation, present the main classes and the classes that you need to use to do some stuff. So instead of many new classes being created, you can specify some key classes and key components and new projects and describe what's the need of this class and why do you not, you don't need to create another one. Just reuse those that this your uh, original plan. So it's also a very nice uh, use to, to diagrams. So I think a lot of people, you know, they'll take a look at a class diagram and they see the boxes and they recognize that, okay, the boxes, those are my classes. But then there's all sorts about their symbols and different types of lines between the various different things. So can you explain those things so the people that haven't seen or haven't made a, a class diagram? Yeah. When you look through a class diagram, generally you have lines that connect some classes. And I'm not an expert in diagrams, so I can use just the basics of diagrams. So in this tool, in this plant UML tool, you have a, a property that you can use to use these lines or not. So automatically, if you if you have if you, if you turn on this option, it will generate the connection between the classes, and it will be very easy to understand which classes are based off of, of what classes and who who class implement what classes. And I know there's a there's a bunch of rules. Some are lines. Some some are Dots and some are pointing to one to another, but I'm not an expert. <laughs> I'm just, and most of the times I can understand what I see. And I think most when you start looking and digging into, you can get used to. Too. Okay, so uh, I mean, a classic diagram is kind of like you know, like a database diagram as well, really, because each each object in a, in a SQL diagram or database diagram is going to be a table, and then the lines define the relationships, whether they're zero to one, zero to many, one to many, that type of relationships, or even kind of a many to many. So I think, you know, the different type of lines are going to define that different type of relationship. Yeah, yeah. So with, with plant UML, you know, you're talking about that it that uses, you know, you're kind of giving it a language to de- define the diagram. You know, I think yeah. most people would be more comfortable with like a visual designer where they just kind of drag and drop the, the classes and and make the lines in before. So what's the benefit of going to something like plant UML? Yeah, for sure. Most people would be very more happy using tools that you can just drag and drop. But the problem is in in .NET Core, it's not easy to find a a tool like that. So the case of plant UML, I think the most interesting thing is the flexibility that it gives. And it just is not a language just for class diagrams so you can if you go to the plant uml site and there's a bunch of diagrams that you can construct using it so sequence diagrams use case diagram class diagram object activity diagram component deployment diagram so 
is a bunch of, of kinds of diagrams using a very similar syntax. And I think most of the people that would like would prefer to generate tools to automatize this this generation can take advantage of the language. It's one of the cases of this guy that I I found out the, the, the GitHub project. And in this case, he's doing this for C Sharp. That is a, a real need of the community. Hey, folks, I'm here with JD from Raygun. JD, I mean, it seems like a lot of things these days are kind of pushing us more toward productivity, right? We install VS Code extensions. We do CICD. We kind of get this stuff off our plate, automate as much as we can, and move quickly. And one of the tools that I tell people to get is something like Raygun. Uh, do you want to just explain real quick how Raygun can help with the productivity? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's it's several fold. I like to think of Raygun as... Um, almost being like a full-time engineer on your team that's keeping an eye on things and is able to report the important faults or performance bottlenecks so that you aren't guessing. Um, and so that's one element. But then to that point where we store is all of the data we possibly can uh, on the context of the error or performance issue so that you know we integrate with source control systems. You can jump into our APM and get method-level timing details with the source code right beside it. So if you're looking at it going, why is this page so slow? You know, um, you can usually just eyeball the code right there and then. So speeding everything up, which I think is really important with, you know, our industry is under so much pressure right now. Yeah. You know, um, you know, we've got to try and get people being more efficient because we, we're not going to have a whole lot more people suddenly. Right. Absolutely. And I, I just I love that idea. I've done plenty of optimizations myself. Right. And having an APM tool that will actually say, yeah, uh, this is the slow code. Right. So instead of me trying to guess or look at it and go, oh, do I have an N plus one query here? Yeah, it just tells me where the problem is. And that's really powerful in something like Raygun or... Yeah, absolutely. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Iron Man. And, and you know, the, the, the idea is that I would love a virtual Jarvis that's just going, hey, there's this <laughs> thing. Do you want me to go fix this? Do you want me to solve yeah. that? It's like, that, that's what we need to get to. Yep, absolutely. Well, if you want uh, the next best thing, go to raygun.com. Yeah, it's not Jarvis, but it it will tell you where the problem is so you can go fix it. You can get a free trial right now if you want. It's raygun.com. So this plant UML, they have an extension for it for VS Code. Is that yeah. a lot easier to work with? Or is that just you're gonna you're gonna write the you're gonna write the code in plant UML and yeah. this extension is gonna generate the diagram, is that right? Exactly. Exactly. So this guy that has this project is create a tool and with the tool he creates an extension. So you can use the command line tool or you can use the extension and the visual, visual studio code. Using the tool and the command line is also very easy. You just install it globally and you run the command and you look to the documentation and see how, and you see uh, what the parameters it have. And then you can set the parameters and we'll create and we'll customize the generation of the, of the, the, the plant UML files. And so basically there are two extensions. The first one, C sharp to plant UML. And the second one is the plant UML to PNG, SVG. So it will generate the the files that the visual files itself. So the final step. Okay. Do you tend to you tend to break up your diagrams into logical components within your application or you do have one you know, large diagram that covers everything. In this case, in the case of these two, there's a, a configuration that the name of the configuration is all you want is optional. So it will generate one 
by default, it will generate one uh, class, one file by class. And but if you set this property, it will generate a big one with all classes and depending. Oh, you you can set the in the input path. So if you want to generate just a, a set of classes, you just customize the tool to look into this directory, and then you set this property to to yes, and you generate and the tool will, will generate one big uh, diagram with all the content of this the directory, and also one diagram for file. So it's very flexible, also. Okay, so you make one file that has all the instructions per diagram. Yeah. But do, do you tend to make multiple diagrams to cover your entire application and you break it into the you know, logical parts that are related within your application? Yeah, I think this is the one of the the main ideas because if you generate just one for all your software or your system, it will be uh, very hard to, to read because especially if you set the parameter to create the association between the classes, it will be a, a very big macaron macaron diagram. <laughs> yeah, it's another problem. But I think the case is you have your modules and every module has a, a directory and then you run the tool pointing to one specific directory and setting the properties to generate the association and or and or generate the all-in-one. So you can start uh, playing with the tool uh, as I as I did and trying different possibilities and see the results and try again and improving the the generation of the diagrams for your needs. Okay. So I guess looking at kind of the the instructions and things like that with the, the tools, one thing I'm wondering is, you know, it generates the diagram, but can you actually tell it where to place the different uh, classes? Because it's going to draw the lines and relationships between it the way it wants, but do you have fine-grained control over positioning of each thing in the chart? No, no, it generates automatically. I, we don't have we don't have this this possibility of. Uh, I would like to prefer align them vertically or positioning horizontally. There's no option to do that. Okay. So we can. The only parameters that we have is the directories and associations and all in one or not. Ignore some some classes or some uh, some files, exclude paths and things like this. It's a very simple tool. And of course, it, there's an open project there. People can start uh, requesting more uh, stuff and more resources, but uh, it depends on the community, of course. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, there was, I was just thinking, you know, when I, when I go into like SQL Server or Administrator and I build this, you know, table diagram and then I tell it to auto range, Quite often, yeah. where it decides to put something is not really, you know, how I want to have them grouped together. And so, yeah, uh, I was just wondering if you do have that control right now. You know, maybe they, maybe they'll build that in the future. Maybe, but I maybe, or maybe Microsoft can can step in and yeah, create the tool for .NET Core. It'd be awesome. Oh, I think this tool it still exists, but not for .NET Core yet. It's not supported. Last time that I checked the page was a, a disclaimer explain it. And many people in Stack Overflow is asking uh, the same, but there's no, there's still not any progress on that. So you you mentioned Flutter, and uh, you know, I know this I know this is a, a .NET show, but only, I think a lot of developers out there 
have started to hear more about Flutter recently. It's been gaining in popularity. Can you tell me a little bit about what Flutter is and, and why it's yeah. uh, becoming so popular? Yeah, before explaining what Flutter is, I think uh, .NET developers and and developers that work with the Microsoft ecosystem is very lucky developers because Microsoft already implemented any many technologies and this the technology this technologies uh, provides to the developers a flexibility when looking in other similar projects. So in case of Flutter, Flutter is a framework of Google provided by Google and it uses Dart as a programming language is very similar to C Sharp. So basically, Flutter is a framework to build apps, uh, mobile apps, from a single code base. So you write a single Flutter slash Dart code, and then you, you can compile it automatically for Android, for iOS, for web, and for Mac, and for Windows, and for Linux. So one single code base for many platforms. And it's very easy to use. And the fact that it uses Dart is really similar to C Sharp. And uh, C any C Sharp developer, when look the code in Dart, we understand exactly instantaneously. And it was a, a big challenge for me because I started in the project and as a .NET developer, and then they they had this challenge, and I decided to to accept this challenge of also. Uh, developing the front-end code. And I think it was my third year in this company working with this project. And then it's super natural to work and very easy. And some uh, I spent some time creating some projects and GitHub and just playing with Flutter. And I think recently, I also wrote an article about how to create a pipeline on GitHub and uh, GitHub Actions that you can check out your code, run unit tests, and boot emulator and Android emulator inside the pipeline, and deploy your code to emulator, run automated tests, take screenshots, and it's very, very easy, very, very simple. I think end-to-end tests is a big challenge for many projects because it's not that easy, especially when you have a big system and with many complexity involved. But with Flutter and Dart, uh, is not that hard. Okay. Is one uh, thing I, that I think there's probably somewhat common for you know .NET developers to maybe people working on a back end or something that's got Flutter on the front end or in the mobile app, and it's you know they're not going to call back to a web service or something like that. So you, you can have your web service be in, in Azure or wherever you want, and then uh, then have your 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 Flutter app you know on the phone or tablet or or whatever platform you've got. So that might be a common thing, kind of interaction yeah. between .NET and, and Flutter. So do you know how it might compare to like Xamarin or uh, .NET MAUI? Yeah, I, I never worked with Xamarin. And, and I, I think Flutter was my, my first experience with, with mobile development. I remember a long time ago, I tried, I tried to develop with native Android, but it was very, very heavy. My machine couldn't support. So I didn't have enough uh, memory, RAM memory. <laughs> but with Flutter, is totally different. You can, you can use it with a relatively okay, a relatively, I think, 16 megabytes of memory is enough to, to start a, a simple project with Flutter. Of course, if you have a huge project, we'll, 
we will need more, but for simple projects, from relatively simple projects, not that bad. For examining, uh, I think they it used the syntax, I think is XAML, if I'm not mistaken. I never tried. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, pretty much all XAML for, you know, the front end type stuff with, with XAML. And I haven't done a lot with it other than just kind of playing around a little bit. And then I'm also looking at testing out with the .NET MAUI. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it used the same language as Silverlight and WPF. Yeah. And then, of course, you got Blazor, and you could use Blazor for any of this as well. So that Blazor is, is very popular, and it seems to be gaining as well. So lots of different options for developers out there for doing cross-platform development and things like that. So it's good. Cool. Never have the opportunity to work until now. Okay. Anything else you'd like to uh, talk about in the episode today? Oh, I think, I think for today, I think it's enough. I have many articles there, but they're not so popular. So I've been the, listening to your podcast. You guys are amazing. You are talking about very interesting things. So thank you. Thank you again for inviting me. Yeah. I mean, you got a, a number of articles out there on, on Medium and we'll definitely put a link to to it in, in the show notes for people to get out. There. So, you know, you've got providing help with console apps and, you know, do- design patterns yeah. Talks about oh, rules and I think just you, you mentioned that. So this is a nice, a nice story because I've been working in the in the industry for a long time, and I I think I never saw console applications, a custom console applications that has parameters. I think most of the people, most of the developers, they create console applications like robots or apps that run sporadically to do some stuff. And then the same developers, they usually go to a conference page or a readme project. They do put all the properties there and all the parameters there to explain what it is. So I realized that the .NET Core, it provides a namespace that can help the developers to write all of the documentation inside the, the console app. And it works like like the most, uh, like Git, for example. If you need something on Git, you just write Git and the command and help. It will write on the screen all the description of this feature and explain how to use. So I write an article to explain how to do this with system command line that is a namespace that provide the same behavior and then uh, i start writing the new then after knowing this this feature i start writing my console applications and providing the help and then the only thing that i need to put in my readme.md file is uh, if you know if you want to know all the details how how to use this tool just press .net run dash dash help and this is an for the developers. <laughs> Very interesting stuff. Yeah. So yeah, uh, we've had a few a few shows on you know console apps and and also on .NET Interactive. You know, which mm-hmm. is kind of a, a good alternative to building just a little one off console type applications with .NET Interactive. One of my tools of choice has always been LinkPad. So anytime I just need to make something really simple and a proof of concept or just to try things out, I love to just uh, bring up LinkPad. I was like, I've showed it to a lot of people and some people get it and they go, yeah, and they use mm-hmm. it. And some people just are stuck in their ways and they, they don't use it and they still start up a new console app and do it. It's like there. It was like, yep, yeah, you can do it. But I, I really like also being able to see all the, uh, the SQL statements that you can send through Entity framework and then put those over into a SQL analyzer and, and figure out how to make them better. So, yeah, yeah, nice thing yeah. about LinkPad. Yeah, cool. 
Hi, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs, and lately I've been coaching some people on starting some podcasts and in some cases, just taking their career to the next level. You know, whether you're beginner going to intermediate, intermediate going to advanced, whether you're trying to get noticed in the community or go freelance, I've been helping these folks figure out how to get in front of people, how to build relationships and how to build their careers and max out and, and just go to the next level. So if you're interested in talking to me and having me help you go to the next level, go to topendevs.com slash coaching. I will give you a one hour free session where we can figure out what you're trying to do, where you're trying to go and figure out what the next steps are. And then from there, we can figure out how to get you to the place you want to go. So once again, that's topendevs.com slash coaching. All right. So I think we'll uh, kind of stop it from there and we'll move on to picks. I guess I will make the first pick today. And I was just watching this show just the other the other day. It's it's a show on Netflix. Netflix. So it's called Interceptor. I don't know. Interceptor. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's uh, an army captain gets put out on one of these kind of platforms at sea that's responsible for defending the United States against missile attacks from foreign countries and things like that. And uh, foreign countries, foreign countries. Let let me guess which countries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, but we don't in the show. You don't get attacked by another country directly. Uh, mm-hmm. It's other. It's bad people that are trying to use a foreign country as a as a front type of thing, um, mm-hmm. and have you know stolen some of their missiles. So we're not getting attacked by, by a country just by people that have used foreign country missiles. And to me, it seemed a little bit like Die Hard. There's this one person you weren't counting on being on the platform that's just gonna kick your butt, mm-hmm. <laughs> the big guy. save the day. So, but this time it's a woman. She does a good job. Oh, it's a woman. Yeah. So cool. Elsa Pataki. And yeah. Captain JJ Collins. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and she is the wife of Chris Hemsworth. So really? in real life? Yeah. Really? So, yep. She was really his wife. So he he was a, a producer on the show. So that was kind of a, cool. a thing there. But she did she did a great job, I think. So if you like action movies, you like things like Die Hard, whatever, check out uh, Interceptor. Yeah, Hemsworth is star, right? Yep. Yep. Cool. She, and even has some cameos in this in this movie. So cool. I won't give too much away, but yeah. And how about games? Are you guys playing games? I play some games. I like games like Diablo Three and those types of games. I don't end up playing a lot of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. The other hosts that are on the show, they like to play a lot of Switch games, things like that. So they do that. So mm-hmm. what games are you into? I think I'm more the kind of Assassin's Creed franchise and open world games. So I think now I'm I'm a PlayStation user, PlayStation player. So PS Plus offered last month God of War and I'm playing right now God of War. So I'm enjoying very much. It's a very nice uh, game. I used to, I played the other, the other God of War a long time ago. We still in PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 2. But now I'm, I'm, I'm trying the new one in PlayStation 4. It's pretty cool. I, rec- I hardly recommend it. Okay. Well, have to put a link to that in the show notes. So for all listeners want to check it out, check that out. If they were into gaming, if they're movies, check out Interceptor. Cool. All right. I will check it out. Yeah. Thanks, Edford. Edson, for coming on the show. Great to have you. Thank you, Sean. Um, if people have questions, what's the best way to get in touch with you? You can connect with me on the LinkedIn or you can you can see my projects and add some notes there and GitHub. It's, it's, uh, it's the same name for both. It's Edson Diaz Alves is my, my name. So I will put in on the link, in the link sections, and you guys 
can be in touch with me. Okay, great. If our listeners have feedback or want to have some topics that we cover on the show, we'd love to hear from you. They can get me on Twitter. I am at .NET Superhero. <laughs> cool. It's yeah. a cool name. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Cool name. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll catch everybody on the next episode of Adventures in .NET. Bye. Great. Bye. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.